This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. clear when you're a guest in my home you gotta come to me empty-handed I said no gifts your presence is presence enough and I already had too much stuff so how do you dare disobey me Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. I hope you're having a nice day. Uh, it's been a little bit different morning for me. I had to meet someone for breakfast and last minute tried to convince them to go somewhere else and my gambit failed and so it was a stressful drive and uh, my blood pressure was through the roof and then the restaurant was mediocre. And then, you know, different type of coffee, so I don't know what what caffeine level I'm dealing with now. And so it was just everything is happening to me. And I hope less things are happening to you. I hope you're having a decent, whatever time of day this is. Maybe it's 1130 at night. I would love for you to tune in at 1130 p.m. Maybe we're just, uh, you know, it's you and me in the moon. I don't know. But uh, let's get into the podcast. I'm so excited about today's guest. I think you will be too. It's River Butcher. River. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. I'm so sorry about your troubling morning. It's been um, <laughs> a journey. Yeah, and sounds like it. I, You know, it's partially my fault. Well, I mean, don't blame yourself too hard, you know what I mean? <laughs> Can I, I ask, well, because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give away like areas or anything like that, but in terms of the restaurants, because it's, it's piqued my interest. You know, this is yeah, of course. I relate too deeply. Um, so was like the first restaurant just like not a food food choice that you wanted to continue with, or was it a geographical it, choice? It was like both. what was oh okay. Uh I will say uh geographically so far away. Sure. Yeah. Uh and then food wise, I had been meaning to try this restaurant, but as the day got closer and closer, I thought. I mean, I can name this restaurant. Well, no, I shouldn't name this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. You don't need to. I will say the restaurant I wanted to go to ultimately is called Clark Street Diner, which oh, okay. I love. Yes. And it's a little bit closer to me, maybe a 10-minute closer. And I thought, mm -hmm. 7.15 a.m., I'll text the person I'm meeting. Maybe I can convince him. Mm -hmm. He didn't go for it. Not even Committed. Close. Committed to the original idea. I was so yeah. annoyed. <laughs> But I mean, great job giving it a shot. You know what I mean? Like that's because uh, there, there's also the alternate universe where you deeply want the change and you fear the reaction and you don't take any action. 
That's how I. Uh, that's and then how you're I in an even worse place because you go, and you're like, I could have not gone. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's <laughs> to me. That's the thing. It's like, well, I tried. You know, <laughs> you as, you as a person, do you is your initial thing to just say what you want or like for me this was kind of out of the ordinary just like trying to get what i wanted yeah sure i mean it's very new to me to speak up to my needs or wants uh-huh. you know uh-huh i know that uh, feeling very very recent for me to even be able to know there's a difference between those two things sure <laughs> <laughs> um but ultimately incredibly liberating to to know that there is a difference between those things and uh take a, i i still ha- have a a an issue. I was going to say problem, but I don't feel like it's a problem. I still find myself um, impulsively saying yes to things and then finding myself very overbooked or overwhelmed mm-hmm. and then struggling with, do I take this off my plate or do I, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's it's just, it's like a, every day is a new opportunity to do it slightly differently. But I think, you know, the, if I were you in this story, you know, five years ago or something like that, I would have said nothing <laughs> and suffered through the whole thing and been upset the whole time. You know, I'd been mad at myself for not saying anything, mad at them for not magically knowing I didn't want to go there. Like all mm-hmm. those things, you know. And it's all so, tracks for me mentally. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Human condition. <laughs> yeah, my I, my New Year's resolution was to start uh, saying what I wanted. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I've got a little better at it. But this, I think this particular breakfast thing was like this weird... Uh, crossroads of my uh, inability to decide on, especially on food, obsessing right. about what I want to eat and thinking about mm. it nonstop, and other people it not mattering. And is that then new, me, or is that has that? Oh, been the a food thing has thing. always been. Food a thing problem. has always been. Yeah, I'm always like until I the food is like being placed before me at the restaurant, mm-hmm. I have been second guessing it. Yeah. So sure. <laughs> uh, this morning I was like, is that? Do I actually want to go to a different place, or is this just my normal thing? Mm. And so, uh, God only knows what, but then I ended up having a mediocre pancake and mm. worse sausage uh, oh. and uh, driving to West Hollywood at 9 a.m. It was not oh. ideal. Yeah, no, that's not fun. Uh, but uh, look, you live and you learn. And then, of course, during the, during the breakfast, it, once again, a variety of opinions were shared, which I just agreed to. Mm. And then on the way, way back, is like, I don't agree to that. Why? <laughs> and it's not a, it wasn't like a high stakes thing. I was just like, just state your opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's or hard. nothing. I found recently. <laughs> oh, this people, is interesting. Uh, and I, it's like this double-edged sword because I, by bringing this up, I'm bringing it up. But um, I'll, I'll just keep it very, not vague, but just like, we don't have to get into the thing that it is because I don't want to. But people, <laughs> because I'm a stand-up comic, people keep asking me about what happened at the Oscars. Oh. And um, it's, <laughs> you know, it's such a it's such an interesting time right now because it's like public life has come back to a certain extent. And like, you know, I, I'm not like inundated, you know, it's not like I'm constantly around other people. But I've found in the past couple days or so, like the past week, anytime I have been around another person, they ask me about it. And oh. I literally the last time somebody asked me about it yesterday. <laughs> Oh, that's and I very see, late in the game. Very late in the game. And because uh, they found out I'm a stand-up comic, so then they asked me. And I was like, you know, I don't have an opinion on it. I don't And care. people find that very... <laughs> um, and it's not, it's not actually that I don't care. It's more so I just don't have an opinion. 
I don't sure. have an opinion. That's, that's like, a completely. There and, are a lot the, of things you don't have an opinion on. No, uh, so a myriad things that I don't Most have an things. opinion on. I'm like, actually, I think it's just like, uh, you know, uh, something that occurred between three people at a particular moment in time. <laughs> and so I don't need to have an opinion on that every time that happens, you know. Oh, um, that but it's sounds... been very. That's not a thing I could do before. You Pure know, freedom. I, I could not just be like, yeah, I don't, I don't have any thoughts. Yeah, because we, <laughs> we are now at a time when you have to have a, an opinion or take on yes, yeah. literally every... Well, you don't have to, but that's the expectation. And it's Yeah, that's what, what we've been crushing. sort of trained to do over the last 10, 20 years. You know, yeah, forever, and, but trained very specifically and deeply through media, you know, news oof. media and social media that like Twitter, every just, occurrence. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's very, oh, it's almost exhausting. It's thing. Yeah, <laughs> truly. It, is, it is. It is. Oh, I need to start doing that. I need to just start. I'm, I'm getting better at saying I don't know about yes. things that I don't oh, know. God. That's my uh, favorite. I don't know. <laughs> I just simply don't know. I don't have the information. Yeah, I haven't learned I don't it know. yet. And I don't want to work it out with you either right now. It has nothing to do with you or me. I just uh, not interested in workshopping this right now <laughs> over brunch, <laughs> you know? Uh, meanwhile, I'm sitting here crossing out my topics. Will Smith and the slap. We can't, dis- <laughs> I guess the podcast is ruined. That's yeah, all nothing. I wanted to talk about. I have no about. opinions on anything. But yeah, of course. <laughs> um, what's been going on in your life? Anything exciting, fun? Um, well, the thing that's been going on in my life the most is like getting back out and doing stand up again, right? Which has been really interesting because it's very different <laughs> for a <laughs> What's lot of reasons. Changed? Has anything in the world changed? Just a couple things. Um, yeah, it's just like been an interesting experience because you know you can only bring to an experience what you have, and so of course I'm comparing it to what it was like before Mm -hmm. and also what I'm seeing on other people's Instagrams and all that stuff. And it's like, um, it's just been really, you know, the people that have been coming out are like super stoked to be there, but they're also like the people that are, you know, fans of what I do, um, are, I think generally people who take the pandemic seriously. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's a (laughs) tricky, many of them are still pretty hesitant. Uh, you know, a lot of people are still wearing masks, which I really appreciate because it's like kind of weird. I I definitely don't feel like a hundred percent like this is the, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I don't, I don't totally know, but, um, it's been good to like be in public life again. But I think the hardest thing for me is that I would always like stay after a show and like say hi to people and take pictures and stuff. And I, I'm not really doing that because it just feels overwhelming, but I really miss it a lot. I really, 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 really miss it a lot. So you, you'll probably fight your way back to that eventually. Or yeah, you might eventually. become a complete hermit. Or I might just give up on everything and move <laughs> to a farm and have a gentle barn for like queer people, basically. <laughs> <laughs> have you been, isn't there like a nearby gentle barn in Los Angeles? Yeah. Uh, Where, have you been to a, this thing? The sanctuary? I know a, a friend of mine worked there for quite some time. There was like a farm sanctuary. I've never been to one because um, it's a pretty, it's like you have to get up very early to go to it. Oh, there's like um, a time requirement? I think so. I'm pretty sure. And they're usually like booked out really far and stuff like that. But, um, and I, I have a bit of a, it's like one of those things where I'm like, it's heartbreaking in a positive way. And so I need to be very prepared (laughs) that I'm going to go, you know, and be, be very, emotionally and mentally prepared to be in that kind of a... I, I, I'm just a very sensitive, sensitive guy in that way. Right. <laughs> you know? And I just know that about myself. So it's like... So 
like getting on a roller coaster. I'm like, I'm going to get on a roller coaster now. This is what this is going to be like, you know? <laughs> I mean, what exactly happens at the gentle barn? They bring... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's the other thing is I don't know. I mean, I think you just get to kind of go around and meet all the friends, you know? Yeah, just various maybe senior cows and this That's kind right. of thing. Saved pigs, rescued chickens and things. I do know my friend like worked with, I mean, they would rescue and rehabilitate, you know, like condors and like very Ooh. large birds of prey and then release them, you know. Wow. Um, so it's kind of, oh, it's, it's more of incredible. a gentle zoo. It, yeah, for sure. <laughs> gentle everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, the, the words themselves sound very nice to me and the idea of going and uh, meeting some animals in their, you know, their second mm-hmm. chapter of life sounds nice. But this, like, time requirement is already stressing me yeah. out. Uh, buying tickets in advance is something that I've never done. Uh, the whole thing it's is... A commitment. It's, it's a commitment. It's a huge commitment. What are huge. you... A, uh, <laughs> the biggest commitment of all, going to the gentle bar. <laughs> the well, hardest step I ever took. The biggest step I ever took is going to the gentle bar. <laughs> Um, are you somebody who do you make reservations to restaurants? Uh, I used to never be that kind of person, and I used right. to think it was like elitist. <laughs> it does. I mean, it in, does. My, in my in some twisted weird way, you know, because usually I was eating at like Taco Bell, you know, right, or Olive Garden, and like you know, going to Olive Garden with my family and showing up and getting that little buzzer thing and then being convinced that everybody else was getting in ahead of you. And like, probably they probably got here before you or they had a reservation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like the concept of reservations was like this thing that I thought only rich people did. Of course. But now that, you know, I live in Los Angeles, there's a lot of people here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, especially now too, just like where we are in the pandemic, like you kind of can't go to a sit-down restaurant without a reservation here, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of being forced into the culture of reservations, which I'm not crazy about. And no, I think- I, yeah, and it's one of those things too, Bridger, that I feel like it's, you know, we're relaxing restrictions. And mm-hmm. I said it that way to imply the air quotes that I used with my hands. <laughs> uh, like, you know, don't wear a mask, which is right. like, the one thing that's inc- it has we've learned over the three years we've been living with this, uh, it greatly reduces transmission. Right. Not even cleaning. Wash. I mean, washing your hands is very important, but not even cleaning surfaces or any of this stuff. And it's literally the one thing we keep getting rid of. And then these businesses keep these other restrictions in place simply because they can like just control and regulate the flow of people eat more easily. It has right. nothing to do There's with Those COVID other restrictions anymore. are nonsense. No, it doesn't make... Like, I, I performed in a gymnasium the other night at a place that has, like, a really great performing hall, like, a really nice in-the-round performance hall that's, like, a, a nice, like, mid-size, you know? And they were like, yeah, we couldn't use that because of COVID. And it's just like, no, why? No, no, this no. is not any... Di- but it was not their problem. It was... They were told to do that. So it's not... I, I had a great time in the gym. I was pleasantly surprised by the acoustics. It turned out great. Um, but it's one of those regulations that you're just like, this doesn't... This is... You're just like flexing power <laughs> over people, you know? Yeah. I feel like there are like... There are some restrictions that have just like... People have like 
companies or whatever forgot to remove them. So it's suddenly like mm-hmm. everything else is completely relaxed, but for some reason we can't use your restroom. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can't use the bathroom. Also, we're um we don't want to pay the uh, housekeeping staff. So that to we're me not is using infuriating. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it, you have stickers all over everything that's like, we're cleaning it 10 times over, but the house cleaners will not be coming to your room. So they cannot be tipped. And they we were going to barely pay them and we're not going to hire anybody. It's like, yeah, these companies are really doing it on purpose. They're really yes. like, ooh, we can skim off the top. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh, was it Adam Conover who oh, did yeah, a whole it was thing. Adam Conover that was like they're using it basically to break you bust unions of these That's right. housekeepers, which is just such it's a terrible. Shame. But the I, but the positive is that we're seeing so much more unionizing because of it. Right. People are like, <laughs> well, it's okay, actually you're gonna... pushing. It's, yes, it's union breaking, but it's actually pushing more unionizing. It's making is... everyone angrier. Yes. And... Yes. Pushing people to the limit, which is the only way things change, unfortunately. Oh, such a shame. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then meanwhile, I can't get a fresh towel. <laughs> right. <It's... laughs> the one I... fun thing about being at a hotel is that it's I get to use a new and... towel the next day. Um, yeah. It's my favorite thing in the world. It's a nice, it's a nice thing. And like just, I don't mind that there's a person in here. Like I leave, I you tip, you know, like right. I, the person comes in, they do a great job. I leave them a tip. Even and if I've they don't do a great job. I've been following the science of the, of the virus. That's just not how it's transmitted when somebody's yeah, in a no, room and then leaves not, the room. I mean, it's just bonkers. And you're not in it. <laughs> you're not going to get me, Marriott. You're not in the room. That's right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, days in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aloft. boy. Thanks a lot, aloft. <laughs> And they only, they haven't adjusted. I'll just say this is my last, uh, you know, grinds my gears about the hotel thing. Is that, like you said about the towel, like, yeah, no housekeeping is coming. And we're not going to give you more towels from the outset. No, still the towel is just not even. <laughs> and they're non-absorbent. You use it once and you're like, well, this isn't going to dry by the time I take my next shower. <laughs> So they're ridiculous. hotel towels. They were meant they to be replaced constantly. They're made out of paper towels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some new sheets. Give me some new towels. Yeah. That's the reason I left home. <laughs> oh, boy. Actually, River, speaking yes. of, uh, you know, intrusive things and uh, mm. unwanted things and this kind of thing, I was um, kind of scouring my neighborhood recently, kind of oh, wandering huh. around. And uh, I passed by your house and uh, I was wondering, I was just like... A, Maybe I'll take a look at whatever's happening uh, near River's mailbox. You know, I'm. You know, <laughs> I understand that stealing mail is a federal offense, getting into people's mailboxes, but big problem. I, I do like to just get a close look at people's what they're working with out front. But uh, all that aside, all of my just rambling about walking around the neighborhood aside, I found a brown bag, yeah. uh, which look, it was not addressed to me, but I figured, why not take it home? <laughs> Uh, it was meant it, for you. You know, I like to gather things as I wander around. Yeah. And, and so I got it home. It's in a kind of a brown bag that says grocery outlet bargain market on uh-huh. it. And I thought, maybe I'll, you know, River's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Maybe I'll just confront him about it <laughs> then. River, is this a gift for me? It's a gift for you. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean... And also, Look, have you been to Grocery Outlet Bargain Prices? I have been to the Grocery Outlet it Bargain Market. It is a market. gift in, in and of itself. <laughs> it is a uh, a grocery tornado. I was shocked at the amount of money I did not have to spend 
in there. <laughs> I put a full thing of groceries on there and they were like, that'll be $21. I was like, excuse me? Is it 1987? <laughs> what, what's happening? <laughs> Ring up a full grocery cart and we're going to give you money for That's it. That's right. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, uh, they opened uh, during the pandemic and I was eagerly, eagerly anticipating the opening of it. Oh, yeah. uh, a past guest on this podcast uh, Caroline Goldfarb had recommended, and I had been really uh, champing at the bit to yes. get in the grocery outlet bargain market, and I love it. Oh and yeah, so, it's fantastic. Also, truly, like the the grocery part is fantastic, but also the sort of uh, uh, it's not sundries, but it's like all their utilitarian stuff. You know, like bowls, and I mean, you can get like a <laughs> a thirty dollar uh, uh, coffee mug for like. 10 bucks. <laughs> oh, that's, I had like no they, idea. The, that aisle is my favorite. I go down it every time, even if I don't need something, because there's always going to be something <laughs> that I'm like, this is such a bargain <laughs> that I have to buy this. <laughs> Bar uh, a place, uh, I mean, this is my greatest weakness. Anything that is advertised as a bargain, even if it's not, right. will suck me in. It'll I'll be like, well, I'm getting right a deal. Yeah, I'm getting a deal. I, how can I not? I'm, I'm wasting <laughs> money not buying it. This is what happens when you're raised by depression-era grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then you like meanwhile find something that you actually want at full price and you're like, "No, oh, I'm going to probably can't wait 5 years." It. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't Maybe have enough someday. money. I've been spending it on bargains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I can tell right now that you're just trying to push the conversation right. aside yeah, to wanna... avoid the real topic at hand, which is this gift. This tremendous gift. Should I open it here on the podcast? Yeah, open it here on the podcast. Okay, I'm happy to do it. Great. Crinkle the grocery bag. Yeah. It's not an like on-camera a... grocery bag. Have you ever used one of those, Bridger, where it doesn't make any noise? No. They, is they that have a real like, thing? Oh, yeah. They have prop paper bags that are designed to not make one. that sound. Yeah. Oh, my God. That makes perfect sense. But, I know. Uh, They're so what, Are they weird fabric? Looking. No. It's, it's like paper, but it's almost like that sort of... Uh, it's not actually sticky, but it's just very like... Ten, you can really feel it. You know, whoa! It doesn't feel like paper. It's one. almost like rubberized or something, but it is paper. I've got to get one of these. Yeah, things. you got to get one of those and just carry it around everywhere. And you'll it, once you see one, you'll see it. You can't not see it on TV. Every time you watch something, you're like, "That's a fake," because it oh, never, no. it never actually folds. You know, the illusion is just shattered. 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 That paper happened to bag me is with ripped. with uh, cash on TV oh, and movies, sure. which is always so phony looking, so Sorry. fake looking. <laughs> okay, again, that said, again, again you're just pushing to get you the away subject from the aside. Gift. I'm going to get into the bag here. Get into the bag. Like a cat. Get into the bag. Okay, I'm feeling, I'm feeling cloth. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, I'm reaching in. It's real cloth. It's not oh my on God, camera cloth. I was going to, this is so bizarre. Well, I mean, it's not that bizarre. Nothing, <laughs> nothing in my world is that bizarre. But I was looking at your shirt uh -huh. and I was going to ask you about your shirt. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now I'm reaching into this bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so River is currently wearing a beautiful tie-dyed T-shirt. Um, and now what I've... <laughs> I've reached into the bag and pulled out my own tie-dyed T-shirt. Right. <laughs> I didn't even... I just was attracted to this shirt this morning when I put it on. Like, I knew I was coming to this podcast. 
Right. I knew what I gave you. <laughs> but I just like grabbed the shirt. I was like, yeah, I'll wear this one. That'll look good on the Zoom. Like I just didn't even, <laughs> it's not even, but also coincidence and it's perfectly aligned, you know? Like this is funny. wild. Yeah. It feels like your reality is like bleeding through the Zoom into my reality. <laughs> yeah, like suddenly I'll be wearing trippy. your glasses. <laughs> I'll have a green wall behind me. Yeah. Um, okay, I have a tie-dye t-shirt. Did you make this? I did, yeah. How? Well, my partner and I made those. Um, so we, uh, during the pandemic, I mean, we did not make the shirt itself. We did buy the shirt. Okay. Um, but we <laughs> I, bought it. I mean, I would be so impressed. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. You never know. With my partner, you never know. She makes all kinds of stuff. Um, but we got it from this company called uh, Everybody World, which is local in Los Angeles. And they kind of grew out of the ashes of American Apparel and kind of oh, took yeah. the positive, like the, the actual stuff that was supposedly or actually good about American Apparel, mm -hmm. which is like living wages and, you know, reusing things and sustainability, all that stuff, um, and and implemented it. And now that's the company is like running on those things. So that it's 100% recycled cotton, uh, oh, which is, is all, all of that shirt is um, excess fibers, from no making way. other shirts. How does that yeah. even work? I have no idea. <laughs> How do you recycle fibers? I don't know. Do have... It's like just a whole thing where you like, you you get the fibers and then you turn them, you loom it and you make the shirts from that. Just run it through some sort of paper shredder yeah. or something. Yeah. So that shirt is very low impact on the environment. And then we got so into... it was white. It was white. Yeah. But not super white because they don't like, they don't bleach Recycled. the... Yeah. Yeah. It retains that sort of earthiness to it. And then, um, yeah, in the pandemic, we, you know, we, my partner is a musician, but also she does many jobs, but that's like her main thing. So each of us, we weren't able to do our jobs. Um, right. And we were looking for like creative outlets. And I got like a, I was actually doing the artist way when it started. Oh, perfect. And so of I was course. looking for stuff and I got like a little tie dye kit from like Joanne's or something online and did it and really enjoyed making them. And then, so we just started making them and people were like, yeah, we want to buy these. And we were like, okay. And so we started making them and people were buying them. And we, I think we donated like $5,000 oh <laughs> altogether. Um, that's how many shirts we sold. And then it, it was like, it was starting to turn into a business. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, not sign up to become a t-shirt salesman. No, I did not. I mean, I really, I really enjoy making them, but we have a really small, our apartment is quite small. We actually don't have the space to make large quantities of shirts. Like it's, I wish you, if you go back on my Instagram, you could probably find it. But like, we would just have literally stacks of shirts just all over our apartment, <laughs> like folding them and and it does use a lot of water and you're just like oh, yeah. washing things over and over again. So anyway, that is all to say that I really enjoyed making tie-dye stuff when I was making it. And I'd probably make it some more, but that's that's one of them. So, so okay. First of all, okay. So walk me through how tie-dyeing actually works. Okay. I don't understand. I mean, because this is, and usually, like, I feel like you usually just see one color tie-dye. That's probably the right. easiest. And this is several different colors. It is. It is kind of the easiest. I mean, there's like two... So we we got after I got that Joanne Fabrics um like starter kit that was like oh cool this is fun and uh and then we we like looked or I researched like legit not that it wasn't legit but it's just like what's the what are better dyes and stuff like that um and so there's this company called Dharma that they've been the tie dye folks for like the whole time. So like all right. you know the shirts in the seventies and all that stuff. That was them. That's like their dyes. I and mean that name is perfect. It's perfect. I mean, it's... Yeah, they got there first, and uh, <laughs> it's something called a Procyon dye. So 
the dye, it's all, it's very sciencey, you know, like the dye actually bonds to um, the fibers in the shirt. So you have to use all natural fibers. It won't stick to anything synthetic. So the dyes that I was getting from like Joanne Fabrics, or if you use like a RIT dye, that's, I think it's called like submersion or something like that, where like, it's not actually bonding to the fabric, which is why it tends to like fade or wash out or transfer and stuff like that. So these dyes, like once you, once it is like fully like bonded and set to the fabric, it doesn't really, it's not going to transfer. Like this shirt is still pretty vibrant and it's, it's a, a, even over zoom. It's yeah, very vibrant. It's like two years old, you know, it's been, it washed looks, I mean, let's say it looks brand new <laughs> Yeah, for, uh, for a while. So w- my partner got, because she's also a carpenter, she got really into like folding techniques. Um, and that's a big part of it, but I was much more into like the dying part of it of like right that sounds like more fun to me yeah that's just i'm a little i'm a little more like viscerally minded i went to mm-hmm. college for printmaking and i was always like just like using the stuff as opposed to like planning the thing out that's just like the way my creativity works and so there's pretty much two methods for uh tie dye i mean there's like three but um one is vat dyeing where you're like submersing it and like mixed dye. I never did that because it felt very overwhelming. (laughs) I mean, where does one get a vat? Where do you you get vats, multiple vats, uh, let alone a vat to necessitate a vat rack? You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) But you can mix it in like classic style into like the ketchup bottle, you know, the, the sort of thing. And then you paint it onto the shirt or the method that I really enjoyed that I had no idea was even a thing until I started looking into this which is ice dyeing. Um, ice dyeing? Ice dyeing, where you take, because when you buy the dye, it's powder. Okay. And then you mix it with water. And that's part of what um, creates that chemical process. Like you have to have the water part of it for it to bond to the fiber. Otherwise, right. it's just powder and it's not going to do anything. Um, and so typically you would mix it with some other additives to to make it stronger, make it work better, all that stuff. Uh, but with ice dyeing, you take the shirt and you fold it whichever way you want it or crump, crumple it up or do whatever you want. And then you either take the, um, the powder dye and you put it directly onto the shirt as it's folded. And then Just you put ice on powder. top of that as powder. And then you put ice on top of that or the other way around. You put the shirt there, you put ice over all the shirts, and then you just put dye on top of the ice. And so then it creates this reaction in the ice where it splits because if the dyes are mixed together, which most of them are multiple colors mixed together, it starts to sort of split out all the Uh different dyes. So you can kind of see that in here. Like that's what's happening here. It's beautiful. I mean, it's similar here. Yeah. So it splits that apart before it hits the fabric. And then when it hits the fabric, it like bonds that sort of uh, dispersion, you know? Right. And it's you almost don't, like filtering you coffee. Yes, yeah. And you don't get that as much with the bottle mix version because you really just get densities of the same color, which is also really beautiful. But this, right. is, this is more like densities of colors, but also splits of colors like in there. It's too. incredible. I mean, it's way more detailed than a lot of tie-dyeing. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, has it's a lot really more, cool. The fractures, etc. Yeah, and you, it's, you don't, uh, I mean, all the whole thing about tie dye is you, you can't, you kind of can't make it bad. <laughs> that's that's the one thing that I learned when I was doing it. It was so freeing and honestly helped me. I think overall in my creativity, which is even the ones that I was like, "Ugh, this is ugly. I don't like this." Somebody was like, "Oh my god, I love this!" <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody was like, "That's the one for me." And it was really just like 
a great reminder that like, I don't know. I don't know what's perfect and good and right. I just know what I like. You know, that's it. Right. <laughs> just um, everybody's, everybody has a different uh, mess they prefer. That's right. There's something for everybody. I mean, I'm now thinking some sort of coffee company should be using t-shirts as filters for their coffee and selling 100%. those t-shirts. And then you got to start dyeing your coffee. Some yellow coffee, some red coffee. I like a nice dark blue coffee. (laughs) I love a teal (laughs) breakfast blend. (laughs) Um, And then, so how long does that whole process for one t shirt Mm -hmm. take? So, for one t shirt, it's basically, I mean, the whole process is at least a day because you have to wait for the ice to melt and and things. So, that, that adds to it. So, I mean, it's pretty much like an eight-hour process, no matter how you sort of cut it, whether you're doing the bottles or you're doing the ice dye thing. But the ice dye just makes it take a little bit longer um, because you have to wait. You don't get to... You can't just control that part. But it does... Each shirt, it takes about 10 minutes to like wash it all the way out and get it... Because you have to wash it out before you even wash it in the washing machine. Uh, Otherwise, it's just like a muck of color and then you're just ruining (laughs) kind of what you just did. Um... (laughs) Yeah, and then you're like rinsing that out and then you're washing it in the washing machine and then drying it, folding it, all that stuff. So yeah, it's like it's like an eight-hour process for each shirt, give or take. So are you now just kind of uh, tie-dyeing uh, as you as you want to, just yes. on occasion? Yeah, pretty much for like, like we have some socks. Those are way more manageable. Oh, that uh, makes sense. To do, it's like just such, so much less fabric to deal with mm-hmm. and so much less dye to deal with. So it's often something that we make for gifts, you know, like somebody and people genius. really like them. <laughs> so have you have you tie dyed a pant? Uh, you know, I haven't. I really do did want to do, do like sweatpants, you know. Oh, sweatpants just is a like good cotton idea. Sweatpants would be really fun, or just you know some white dickies or something like that would be a lot of fun. Right. I'm now like the whole world of clothing yeah. is opening up before me. Tie dyed wedding dress. Yep. Uh, there are so many white pieces of clothing that could go through I this mean, process. I mean, sheets, like something that was a fun idea that I kind of wanted to do was get some sheets and you can just put them like under everything else. So oh, you're like, as you're dying so shirts smart. and stuff, and then it just catches that. And then you, you, you don't even have to like plan it out, you know? But you never did it. I never did it. Didn't have I the just, courage. I didn't want to spend the money on the sheets. I wanted to get like, <laughs> you know, recycled sheets and then, you know. Right, Good ideas never thing. happen. But man, there's like, I really recommend checking it out on Instagram. Like even just, I just follow the hashtag ice die. The things that people are capable of doing, you know, like some of the stuff is just like huge, you know, sheets, like where people are making right. just like a big tapestry. And you're just like, how did you plan <laughs> that out? How did you do that? Like it's so much planning. <laughs> I'm so I can't, I mean, jealous, just the, buying the ink alone, I, yeah. the dye alone would scare me. Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, boy. I, I just uh, took... So, there's a place... I wish I could remember the name somewhere here in LA over in Frogtown where you can take shirts and clothing to what's oh. called a community dye bath. Yes, I know where you're talking about. They also do all the repair for Patagonia and stuff like that. Oh, really? I think I think we're talking about the same place. It's right across Probably. the street from Wax Paper. Uh, yes, that's the place. Yeah, I mean, I took some shirts there and we're going to see what happens. Oh, nice. Uh, but it seems like a good idea. Yeah. It's at least a novelty. It's yeah. something new. I feel uh, like, you know, often those kinds of things get like, you know, people turn their nose up that it's like this hipster thing or something. And I'm not going to deny that it is. But I also <laughs> think that 
reconnecting to the things in your life, you know, is not materialistic. Oh, yeah. And I think it's actually really important, you know, to have like a connection to, you know, the food that you eat, you know, whatever that looks like. Just some knowledge of the things in your yeah. life. Or just like an experience and like realizing like, oh, you know, to go back to like the housekeeper thing, it's like, thank you for cleaning my living space. Yes. <laughs> thank you person, for doing this for me. You know, it's like we, I feel like society and even more so now in the pandemic with like, you know, just like ordering food and like you never, you don't even see the person that does it. It's mm-hmm. just like such removal from our experience of life on a daily basis and anything yes. that gets me closer to that. And like, it was really fun making shirts and then people posting about it. And um, how many shirts total did you sell? I mean, so the shirts were like $50, which is pretty okay. high, but that paid for the shirt and then allowed for us to donate. I think we donated $10 a shirt. Wow, that's like great. A lot. So if we just do a, it, it, the price has changed, but if we just keep it at that and we donated 5000 that's 500 Wow. Oh, that is Jesus so many Christ. shirts. I can't believe this I made that This is almost Shark shirts. Tank levels. I feel like you could have pitched <laughs> yeah. to the sharks. Yeah, we could have pitched to the sharks. But they would have hated the donation model. They would have wanted I know, to get they would have despised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They would have been like, no, this is unsustainable. And we're like, no, that's the point. <laughs> we didn't want to make any money on this. We wanted to get rid of all of it. <laughs> this is going to cost you money. <laughs> that's right. This is a financial risk in every yeah. way. Sorry, Mark Cuban. This is for fun. <laughs> I'd love to see Mark in tie-dye. Oh, I'd my God, I'd love to see Lori yeah. Grenier in tie-dye. Oh, my God. Barbara in some tie-dye? Barbara? Oh, she's born to be in tie-dye. I feel like Mr. Wonderful definitely has some. Oh, yeah. I think there was a period when he was a hippie, and uh, it's oh, that yeah, like all curdled and, uh, you know, it's kind Buffett of a— Jimmy Buffett time or something. Yeah, now he's kind yeah. of just an old creep. He's a total creep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we've all just forgotten about his big boating accident. I mean— Oh, what that's was the enough. boating accident? I mean, I, I don't even want to get into the okay, details. Very it's true. very I did grim. remember the boat part, but I didn't remember <laughs> the accident part. Mr. Wonderful behind somebody, you know, the boats and Mr. Wonderful probably shouldn't be happening anymore. Let's yeah, just say sure. that. Yeah, when your you name's Mr. Wonderful, the- chill it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel land. like you're, you're such a uh, sharp dresser. Oh, I thank you. Do you, ha- <laughs> like, do you have, uh, like what's your goal with dressing usually? Mm. Like, do you, because I feel like mine is so chaotic. I feel like I don't oh. really have a a uh, North Star for my wardrobe. And I, <laughs> you, I feel like you've always got nice denim jeans or something. It's like always, yeah. it feels put together. Whereas I'm like just grabbing two things out of the closet. Mm. I need a little bit more uh, direction. Sure. I mean, I guess I like to have... Um, staples in my... I I like to keep it very simple, you know? What are your staples? So my staples are, I have a pair of black jeans, I have a pair of, you know, indigo jeans, and I have a pair of... I've opened up my world. I have a pair of ecru jeans, which are basically white. Um, Oh, So that's new for me, is to wear white. Because I started becoming one of those guys that wears all white. (laughs) You know, that Uh, guy here. Just Um, looking to have a stain at all times. Just looking to get stained, looking like a toddler that's out (laughs) <laughs> to paint your house or something. Um, but yeah, I just have like, I, I try to, I, I find something that I like and then I wear that, you know? So I have like a, a new brand of jeans that I really enjoy. So I get those jeans and I 
I buy, you know, the the like selvage handmade jeans because they last me a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I don't need them as much now, but when I was like touring and that was like a main job and I was doing that eight months out of the year, probably more like 10. Oof. I mean, I bought jeans and I would wear, I had two pairs of them. And I mean, they lasted me almost 10 years. You know? Oh, that's very impressive. Um, and I didn't have other jeans. That was it. <laughs> you know, like that was wow. what I wore and I just rotated those out. And, you know, I have like shorts and all those kinds of things to like break it up. But I, I just, I'm I'm just like very simple in those tastes, you know? And then I have a t-shirt problem for sure. Oh, you have a t Do you have a zillion t-shirts? I do, but I've gotten better at uh, like buying fewer of them. And anytime I want to buy one, I, I do have to go through what I have and make sure that there are things I'm not wearing and I I get rid of them as opposed to just consuming and buying more and more, you know? Because <laughs> I, I mean, it's scary with a t-shirt, close my drawer. It is, it is. You never know, you might want to wear it again. I might. I know this is hoarder mentality. Yeah, but... it is. It, it is. I've, I've come to some new terms with my hoarder mentality. <laughs> uh, the small apartment really helps, you know? Right, I'm, I'm very really grateful to on... this tiny apartment because it's kept me very minimal with my things and I've had to get, I've, and, what I was the most afraid of, Bridger, is the thing you're talking about. It's like, well, what if I want to wear it again? But then I realized mm-hmm. the reality was I was trying to, like, build the inventory for a museum of my own life. <laughs> and I got really honest with myself that I was like, I am never going to wear this shirt again. Like, I know mm-hmm. that for sure. And then I, I really got rid of a bunch of stuff that I really liked, but never wore. Oof. I never, right. ever, ever wore it. And now I know that the things that I have I really like, you know, because... You can count on them. You can take it out of the closet and you'll want to wear it. And I'll want to wear it. And if I can't wear it, I'm keeping it because it was my mom's or, you know, this is like, you know, a band that I really like that I cannot replace this. And Name the band. uh, La Tigra. Oh, of course. That's a great t-shirt to (laughs) have. It's a great t-shirt. I don't think I can wear it anymore. I'm like too, I'm too big for it. Right. Yeah. You get to that point and you're like, when a t-shirt becomes precious and you're like, oh God, if something happens to this thing, then what do I do? It's just gone. But that number of shirts is like five as opposed to like 50 before (laughs) that I had like rolled up and like in boxes that never saw the light of day, you know? Right. So so you're a hoarder too? Yeah. you have a hoarder? Okay. It's nice to be seen. It's nice to be here with you, fellow hoarder. (laughs) T-shirt, I mean, you and I are on the exact same page with T-shirts. Yeah. I think my oldest T-shirt is probably from 2005. So it's like, you know, it's almost ready for college. Totally. And I still love it. Yeah. But it's not like becoming thin and and like, oh, this is going to fall apart at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, my oldest t-shirt that is mine that wasn't given... My oldest t-shirt is my mom's uh, Jackson Brown shirt from like 1977. Oh my God, that's that's a collector's item. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's actually the Jackson Brown shirt that... uh, Neil Young wore a lot. It's actually more known as a Neil Young shirt than it is a Jackson (laughs) Brown shirt. Um, And I used to be able to fit into it. It was just like, I'm just so tiny before, but um, I can't anymore. But it's a very important shirt to me. But the oldest shirt that I have that was actually mine is from 1991. Whoa. Wait, you've owned it since I have owned it. I remember when I bought it. I had two of them. What is the shirt? It is an M.C. Escher all over print shirt that I got from the science store, the nature store at Belden <laughs> Village Mall in Canton, Ohio. And I had a black version, which is the one I still have with white printing. 
And then I had a white version with black ink on it. And I had both up until very recently. And I do not know what happened to the white one. I think it got donated by someone else. Oh, um, that's a shame. It is sad. But I'm glad I have the other one. And I was Does the other one fit you? It did. And I've I've since outgrown it. But I that's how it's I bought it when I was nine. And I wore it at nine and it was like longer than my shorts, you know, because it was the 90s. And then the 90s came back. So I was wearing it again and people really liked it. And then I was like, maybe I don't want to wash this all the time because I kind of want to. I like the shirt. I would love to keep it. And now it's like too small. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's a 1991 large, which I thought was like a 2009, like, uh, Small. What, what's the? <laughs> yeah, really. The so sizing the, of t-shirts is. It's has gone really all over the rails. Journey. Like a, yes. a two thousand, two thousand. You could not buy a small size shirt. You could Thank only you buy large this. and extra large. That was it. Two thousand as a small person was hell. I bet. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I remember buying not... shirts, and I just like I could not. Wear, I couldn't wear them. I would try to shrink them. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Like I would go to stores. Two sizes. <laughs> Even a medium in 2000 was like a, a large or extra large now. And as a person who barely fits into a small shirt, I mean, I, the world was a, just a never-ending nightmare for me. Yeah, I bet. It's just, yeah, the sizing. And, you know, to bring it back to American Apparel, that was what was revolutionary about that company to me. Same way, that I mean, that company had some real problems. Huge problems. But they did some good things. But they did bring back a full size... <laughs> Yes, uh, they from like re- extra small all bodies. to four X. You know, I was like, "Oh, thank you," and everything in between. You could actually get a shirt that fit you. And then there were the terrible, you know, early two thousands where everybody was wearing like way too small of shirts. Oh, all right, shirts that's were another way problem. Too small. <laughs> Just uh, like a shirt that fits the body. That's yeah, all I'm asking fits for. The bod. Well, I hope there that are one so fits. many bodies. Let's get a shirt for each of them. Yeah, and now I do feel like we're kind of backsliding into every shirt is huge. Oh, and yeah, we are, for sure. I'm drowning in shirts, which is, again, why it's great that I have kind of a back catalog of things from... I, I can't believe I, I came in here saying I had the oldest t-shirt from 2005, thinking that was going to be impressive, and then you tell me 1991. <laughs> 1991, yeah. Get real. I mean, I definitely... I still... I've, I have some shirts from high school still. It's, like, crazy, the stuff that I have. And just wow. now, I've, I've grown out of it, but I've been able to wear it since high school. Like, I have, like... I really loved cowboy shirts in high school. And this was like the oh, 90s. People were not totally wearing those yet. And I would wear just like with a wagon wheel on, on my shoulders. <laughs> and I still have it. And I just now recently grew out of it. Oh. Well, look, we live nearby each other. If you ever we feel do. like donating, yeah. donating t-shirts, let me know yeah, first. I will. I will the next time I do we it. Could ju- we should know. just start swapping clothes. Yeah, I or feel you like can our just ward- have We some. double our wardrobes. <laughs> <laughs> I just rob your home. Just rob my house. <laughs> You'll never even notice they're missing. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm excited about this tie-dye shirt. Oh, I'm yeah. Very I hope excited it fits. To put this if it doesn't on. fit, I'll get you another size. I'm gonna, I'm gonna become very picky about shirt size with this. <laughs> Please do. I've got my receipt. <laughs> I will come to you. This is so exciting. And let's name the company that's making these shirts again. It's called Oh uh, Everybody World. Okay. It seems like they're doing Hopefully, hopefully everything's above board at Everybody World. I think so. It seems like it. It it took a while to get the shirts, so I feel like they're doing everything right. Right. <laughs> if, they, Good if they're for not them. super efficient, then they're probably treating their employees well. <laughs> you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Well, I think it's time to play a game. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to play a game called Gift Master or Gift or a Curse? Ooh, let's do uh, Gift or a Curse. Okay, I need a number between one and ten. Six. Okay, I have to do some light calculating to get our game pieces. Okay, great. 
right now you can recommend something, you can spread a rumor, okay, you sure. can tell a secret, whatever you want. I'll be right back. Okay, great. Um, I'll do I'll do a recommendation because this has been coming up for me even just today. But um, I've been thinking about how I wanted to start reading this book again. Uh, given all of the things that are going on in the world and consistently going on in the world. But um, I recently, a couple months ago, read All About Love by Bell Hooks, and I highly recommend it. And if you haven't read it, um, there's uh, no better time than now. Um, but it's essentially just a like long meditation on unconditional love and how to practice that in you know a a, a world that does not want that. <laughs> um, and in a, in a very realistic and, um, you know, deeply spiritual way that is within the society that we actually live in, not like just some, oh, like, just be positive. <laughs> it's like um, not ignoring, in fact, um, uh, exposing all of the, the negative things in the systems that oppress all of us in our various ways. And the fact that love is actually the only way that we can... Um, disarm those systems. So I really enjoy that book Excellent a lot. Excellent recommendation. Yeah, I like it a lot. I love a, just a solid, <laughs> full-throated recommendation. Just full-throated recommendation. Bell Hooks, all about love. There you go, everybody. Go read it. I'm going to uh, download yeah, and enjoy. Um, and now we're going to play Gifter or Curse, River. Great. I can't wait. This is how the game works. I'm going to name three things. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. Uh-huh. Uh, there are correct answers, so you Each can one lose. separately. Right. Each one's separate. Okay, great. Uh, there's a strong chance you'll lose. There's a okay. small chance you'll win. Okay. Uh, there's always in between. Let's just see how you do. Great. It's all how you play the okay, game. Okay, number... <laughs> <laughs> uh, number one, this is a... These are actually all listener suggestions, which okay, is always exciting. Uh, Marla has suggested, gift or a curse, sleeping bags. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and I need to defend my answer as well? Oh, yes. Okay. Sleeping bags, I say sleeping bags are a curse because okay. you can never quite get comfortable in them. The only way I've found myself to be comfortable in a sleeping bag is by completely unzipping it and turning it into a blanket. <laughs> so I feel like it's a uh, blanket in disguise. So I say it's a curse. <laughs> oh, River, to start the game on such a bad note. <laughs> Oh, what a shame. Oh, sleeping bags, gift. What a gift. Absolutely a gift. What a gift. Look, to wake up covered in sweat in yeah. a cocoon, what a thrill. Cocoon uh, your own sweat. Name another sleeping apparatus that allows you to travel down a staircase. I mean, great point. Yeah. It is the toboggan of the stairs. The toboggan of the stairs. Thank you. <laughs> You're already coming around on this. I am, immediately. Uh, to start from such a, an incorrect place and then... Uh, Be willing. Come around. Yeah, it's very nice to see this sort of behavior. <laughs> uh, no, sleeping bag's a gift. You can get, you know, your favorite cartoon printed on them. You can have a nice, sleek, you know, minimal one. Yeah, We're obviously taking the Static camping. shock you all the time, which is yeah, great because it, it keeps you awake and you don't want to sleep in a sleeping bag. <laughs> no, 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 no. You want to just be kind of uncomfortable yeah. and uh, Constantly afraid of whatever's happening outside. Constantly snagging your slightly dry skin on the interior. <laughs> <laughs> they double as a bag should you need to like throw things in them um, I, I see no problem with a sleeping bag okay. I love to camp I'm not taking a blanket camping I mean, I mean anyone sure. that takes a blanket camping I mean you are if you really look at the sleeping bag 
in its structure. And okay, you're not going to win this uh, <laughs> this round of the game, Try no matter what you do. <laughs> okay, so you didn't get that point. That's okay. Okay, great. That's all right. That's okay. Uh, don't more. feel too down yet. Here's the next one. This is from Jillian. Jillian has suggested, gift or a curse, ice cream sandwiches where the cookie part is hard. Mm. <laughs> I, this one's tough for me, and I'll tell you why after I give an answer. Um, I'm going to go with gift because okay. it is a curse when the cookie part is soft because I personally dislike ice cream sandwiches fully, <laughs> completely, with my entire soul. <laughs> what? <laughs> I dislike them You hate them, them deeply. across the board. Across, well, I mean, I don't hate the concept of two things with ice cream in between it. Because I will eat like a cookie ice cream sandwich where it is an actual cookie, like an it's it or something like that. Okay. Delicious. But when, you know, the, the, the image that is evoked when you say ice cream sandwich is the, the hyper white vanilla ice cream mm-hmm. with the weird dark brown wafer, <laughs> you know, bun, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> I dislike those so deeply. I cannot stand them. <laughs> They're terrible, and I don't like them, and I don't understand how other people do, but I also respect other people's likes. <laughs> but I can't stand them. I hate them so much. Oh. <laughs> so just to be clear, you're saying the ones with the hard yes. outside are a gift. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and you're wrong. I'm wrong. I know. I knew I was These wrong. These are the like worst type. You've got ice cream all over your hands. You can't bite into that. Mm. The texture doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense. Sure. But it doesn't the, the architecturally it's a bad idea. The big my biggest dislike of the ice cream sandwich which is that it gets stuck to the roof of your mouth. And I don't <laughs> that's not an experience of food that I ever want. <laughs> I never kind of like a gluey dough. Like a gluey like like a asphalt on the top of my mouth. I don't <laughs> it's never anything that I want. Well, then maybe the, I mean, maybe the ice cream sandwich in general is a bad idea, but uh, I think I need to be able to bite all the way through knowing. Sure. Yeah. That, I mean, I can uh, see that. You know, it's not going to squish. Yeah. It's not going to go to the sides. Right. When it goes to the sides, it's no longer a sandwich. It's just my hands are, have ice cream on yeah, them. Yeah. It's a mistake. And I'm eating kind of wet cookie. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, curse. Okay. River, this is not looking okay. good. It's all good. I, uh, let's give it one more shot. This is from Matt. Matt has suggested, this is interesting, gift or a curse, the blue shell in Mario Kart. Are you familiar? Uh, I'm familiar with Mario Kart. I don't know what the blue shell is. I can explain what the blue shell is before you give your Great. answer. The blue shell, you know you throw things at each other in Mario yep. Kart. Bananas. The blue shell is one that you throw out, Mario or Princess Peach or who have you, uh, will throw out the blue shell and it will track down first place in the mm. race and hit them no matter what. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, like it's usually given to the last person in the race mm. as kind of a little help. Sure. I think it's a gift because who doesn't want to take down first place? Everybody. <laughs> Everybody wants to knock first place down a peg. And also, <laughs> I believe in socialism. So that's my argument. <laughs> It's a gift. One step closer to socialism. You're <laughs> you you got one correct. Oh my god! I think that, I think it's a gift. Look, it's I think what a lot a of people look at them as kind of a cheat or you know kind of 
uh, a cheap way of playing. I love the idea of ruining, you know, number one's big opportunity. Yeah, I love course. something that levels the playing field for everybody. Yeah. It looks cool. It's a little blue turtle blue. shell with spikes on blue. it. I mean, who can deny it? Who can deny that? Uh, I, I see no nothing wrong with the blue shell in Mario Kart. And anyone that does is a sore loser. That's or, right. They were probably in first they're place. They're one of these people who <laughs> always has to be first. Yeah, they can't operate outside of the world of first place. And you can't, you can't live in reality like that. You've got to be able to occasionally get hit by a blue shell. I agree with you 100%. I love that we're on the same page here because you did do a terrible job with terrible one and job. two. Terrible job with one and two. <laughs> but I think the listener is thrilled for you. I'm thrilled for you. <laughs> I hope so. And uh, you got 33%. Okay, great. I mean, that's not uh, bad. <laughs> one out of three ain't bad, as me love to say. ain't bad. <laughs> um, okay, we're moving into I Said No Emails. This is the part of the podcast where people write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. Every one of them's got some problem that they've decided to rope me and the uh, the guest into, and then we end up solving it perfectly. That's all you need to know. Would you answer a question with me? A hundred percent, absolutely. All right, let's see here. Let me get into the dock. We've always got to get into the dock. Um, get into the dock. Okay, we're into the dock. Great Scott. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this says, Hello, Bridger, and gorgeous, gorgeous guest, which they is very nice. They knew it was nice. me. Uh, they knew, they obviously knew you were coming on the show. Um, let's see, this says, I'm in a bit of a predicament and I hope you can help. Well, we definitely can. Uh, my best friend since childhood and one of my best college girlfriends are getting married on the same day. My childhood friend and I have only gotten closer and I can't imagine my life without her friendship. Also, our families are extremely close and are invited to her wedding as well. Okay, so we're, we've got that one wedding, the family mm -hmm. and her are invited to the best friend from childhood. Okay, then my college friend and I live in the same city and hang out often. We used to be roommates and, would and I would consider us extremely close. Okay, the weddings are taking place about four hours apart, so there is no way to try to attend both. Yeah. I will be going to both bachelorette parties and any showers, et cetera, thrown. This person's very committed to the idea the whole of getting married. Yeah. Okay, uh, I have already committed to going. Oh, okay, I've already committed to going to the childhood friend's wedding. Uh, I am hoping you can come up with some sort of gift or experience I can give to my college girlfriend mm. to make up for the fact that I won't be in attendance at her wedding. We have already discussed that I won't be there, and she is, <laughs> and she is very upset. <laughs> the, okay, uh, the weddings are later this summer, so please let me know if you have any ideas on how I can make this day slash time mm. special for both people even if I can't go to both celebrations. Thanks in advance, yours, and just simply H. Obviously, H yeah. has withheld the name because there's a lot of drama in H's Give life. Give that away immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very specific, specific circumstance. <laughs> um, okay, so what do we do here? Uh, H has, I think, uh, largely to blame for all of this. Yeah. They should just not go to anything and stop right. having I friends. The, <laughs> the simple thing is to just move to the woods. That's right. Move yes. to the desert. Bury your uh, thoughts and <laughs> go away from the world. <laughs> go uh, live on Walden Pond. Uh, uh, do your thing. Uh, H, you, I mean, I really, I'm going to point the finger here at you because you, uh, obviously, if both of these people are so obsessed with you, You've obviously done something a little creepy and like kind of 
forcing your way into their lives that they're just obsessed with you. It sounds like more so than even the person they're marrying. Yeah. Um, sounds like a real Carrie Bradshaw situation. Yeah, this is a total... Sex in the City, but boy, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I don't... And this other person that's upset or whatever seems deeply irrational. Yeah. You know, she's got something she needs to work through. Yeah. Uh, but what do we give her? And the first thought while we're we're sitting here, I'm thinking, why not send some sort of video message that she has to play at the <laughs> wedding the of wedding. you? <laughs> uh, either during the ceremony, during the reception. Uh, at some point, a projector. Yeah. I would say a 10 to 15 minute message of you addressing. Yeah. More, I think, I, is, I think more like 20. And I would say... 20 to 30 minute. End it with... The dance sequence from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Make everybody watch that. Now, are you saying the Dirty Dancing dance sequence, the video transitions to reality to and then this person has appeared to dance? No, no. It just cuts to Dirty Dancing. Uh, and it's the scene from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> so it's kind of like a uh, VHS tape that got taped over. Correct. So yes. it kind of like fuzzes over and it's like, oh, this person recorded Dirty Dancing on TBS. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe... 20 to 30 minutes, right? 20 to 30 minutes. Pilot. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, which will we'll give then you notes. be... You're looking for... Yeah, of course. You're looking for... <laughs> you're going to have a captive audience. That's right. They're, the wedding goers will be eager to watch a video of someone they don't know. Someone None of them know, except for the this, bride. <laughs> yeah, the bride uh, is going to be over the moon. Uh, her big day is uh, now also your big day. That's right. H. It's your pilot presentation. Yeah. So <laughs> it's become what a what a what a what a gift for everybody to get to watch your pilot. You know, I mean, good lord, they thought they were just going to sit at a wedding. Now they get to watch a pilot <laughs> and decide whether uh, they the want to pick thing it up. I know or about not? weddings is people want them to be at least an extra half hour an long. Extra half hour. <laughs> uh huh. Everyone's just like, I wish that had been just another half hour. Just one more half hour, and I would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> and this is played during the ceremony also. I just want to say, to be clear, that this is not yes. played during the reception. No, people this is need, played you need absolutely vows. captive. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that it's no almost like a movie leave. trailer. Yeah, exactly. Leading up to the big ceremony. Yeah, it's like you're on the little roller coaster and then the popcorn pops and everybody goes, ah! And then <laughs> oh, I love that roller coaster. <laughs> that moment. <laughs> the roller coaster before I, the movies is I love is when they redid it and they kept that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, like, I'm old enough to remember this. Oh, that moment's incredible. It's I mean, an incredible I'm, moment. Like riding through the giant soda cup or what have you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a thrill to be at the what movies. What a thrill. What a thrill to be at the movies and then throw your trash away in the receptacle <laughs> at the end. H, think about doing that for uh, your college friend's wedding. I think that <laughs> that's probably the one thing other than you missing from the wedding is your pilot presentation. Your pilot presentation, yeah. Sure. Yeah, and then maybe she you really go to series that. and uh, the pilot gets picked up and suddenly yeah. everybody's watching your TV show. You're a star. Your friend's uh, wedding has been perfected by your uh, TV show. Yeah. Your it, video it message. wins an Emmy and everybody was there <laughs> when you presented it. <laughs> suddenly you're the president of Hollywood. <laughs> you're a mogul. And it all started just because... You couldn't decide you couldn't between two weddings. Go to a wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing. Everybody is what a twist of fate. There. What a twist of fate. <laughs> it's almost like Dirty Dancing itself. AJ, <laughs> you're so lucky you wrote into the podcast when you did. <laughs> um, your friend should also probably write me a thank you note. Yeah, uh, I'll take one too. Yeah, of course. Uh, we will send you our uh, mailing addresses 
uh, off podcast. <laughs> You'll send us the gift basket, whatever it takes to yeah. really show your gratitude. And then I got the sides. So, H, I will be reading for that part. I think you're right. I think I'm perfect for it. So I just want to spend a little time with it and really like feel them a little bit. You understand, H. So, you know, I'll be sending you that tape soon. <laughs> this is the untitled River Butcher Pilot. Uh, we've got a, the wheels are on. H is so happy. Everyone's happy. This podcast does so many good things for people. It really does. And, you know, and no one can complain. Nobody. I can't hear a single complaint about this. I don't have the uh, emotional wherewithal. <laughs> Everyone's satisfied. There's no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> River, we answered the question perfectly. I now have a beautiful tie-dye t-shirt. You and do. not just something that was purchased at Hot Topic. Nope. This thing is from your own hands. Handmade from my own hands. What an incredible gift. My own house. What a gift. Oh, thank you so much. I've had a wonderful time with you. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listener, this is, of course, uh, traditionally where we end the podcast and then you stop listening to the audio. You go do something. Maybe you think about me nonstop. Uh, You tell everybody that you've finally fallen in love. It's with Bridger. And you just keep spreading the word and having... And then eventually we do meet. We cross paths at the grocery outlet and we both reach for the discount mug. And that's where our love story begins. Uh, But until then, you've got to stop listening to the podcast. I'm begging you, stop listening to this episode. Maybe rewind. I don't know. Do whatever you need to do. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced by our dear friend Annalise Nelson, and it's beautifully mixed by John Bradley. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the gifts? Now make sure to listen, follow, and most importantly, leave a heartfelt review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. But I invited you here Thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home Follow I Said No Gifts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really don't care. Just don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It's the least you can do. It really is. It's the bare minimum. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Said No Gifts merch. What a wonderful way to support the show. Support the show!